Between the free books that come my way and those that give repetitive stress injuries to my wallet, sometimes the books around here end up in heaping piles and mountainous stacks. So instead of ritualistic spring cleaning, I partake in huge biannual personal library reorganization efforts, usually involving all of those mountains and some whiskey. In doing so, I invariably uncover precious gems that had been abandoned by my inability to read more than a dozen books at any one time. So in a sense, it's like receiving the same book for the first time, twice. Tonight's bedtime story comes from one of those, and if you want to send me books, I'm happy to receive them, twice. Good evening, it's Monday the 14th of March, 2011. And it's Miet's Bedtime Story Podcast. Letter from a Hunchback Girl to a Metal Worker by Fernando Pessoa Writing as Maria Jose Dear Signor Antonio, You won't ever read this letter, and I'll probably never read over what I've written, because I'm dying of TB. But I have to write you what I feel, or I'll burst. You don't know who I am, or rather, you know, but it's like you didn't know. You've seen me look at you from my window when you pass by on your way to the metalworks, because I know when you're going to pass by, and I wait for you. I doubt you've ever given a second thought to the hunchback girl who lives on the second floor of the yellow building, but I never stop thinking about you. I know you have a girlfriend. That tall and pretty blonde. I envy her, but I'm not jealous, because I have no rights over you, not even the right to be jealous. I like you because I like you, and I wish I were a different woman, with a different body, and a different personality, so that I could go down on the street and talk to you. Because even if you didn't give me the time of day, I'd still love to meet you and talk. You're all I have to keep me going in my sickness, and I'm grateful to you, though you have no idea. I could never be liked in the way people who have likeable bodies are liked, but I have the right to like others without being liked back. And I also have the right to cry, because that's a right that everyone has. I'd like to talk to you just once, and then die, but I'll never have the guts or the means to talk to you. I'd like you to know how much I like you, but I'm afraid that if you knew, it would be nothing to you, and it's so sad to feel certain that this would be the case before finding out if it's the case, that I'll never even try to find out. I was born a hunchback, and have always been laughed at. Hunchbacked girls are supposed to be wicked, but I never tried to harm anyone. And besides, I'm sick, so that I don't even have the strength to get really angry. I am nineteen years old, and don't know why on earth I've lived this long. I'm sick, and nobody feels sorry for me unless it's because I'm a hunchback, which is the least of my troubles, for it's my soul that hurts and not my body, 
because the hunchback doesn't cause any pain. I'd even like to know all about how your life is with your girlfriend, precisely because it's a life I can never have, especially now that my life is almost over. Excuse me for writing so much when I don't know you, but you won't read this, and even if you did, you wouldn't realise it's to you, or you wouldn't care. But I wish you'd think for a minute of how sad it is to be a hunchback who always sits next to the window, and nobody likes her except her mother and sisters. But that doesn't count because they have to. Their family. That's the least they can do for a doll with her bones turned inside out. Which is how I once heard someone describe me. One morning, when you were on your way to the metalworks, a cat was scuffling with a dog across the street from my window, and we were all watching, and you stopped to watch too, next to Manuel das Barbas, in front of the corner barber, and you suddenly looked up at my window and saw me laughing, and you laughed too, and that's the only time we were ever alone together, so to speak, or as alone together as I could ever hope for. You have no idea how often I've dreamed of something else like that happening as you're passing by, so that I might again watch you as you watch, and maybe you'd look up at me and I could look at you, and see your eyes gaze straight into mine. But I never get what I want. That's how I was born, and I even have to have a kind of platform beneath my chair to be able to see out the window. I spend all day looking at the illustrations in fashion magazines that people lend to my mother, and I'm always thinking about something else, so that when they ask me what a certain skirt looked like, or who was in the picture with the Queen of England, I often blush because I don't know, because I was seeing things that are impossible, and that I can't let into my head and make me smile, or I'll just end up wanting to cry. Then everyone forgives me, and they think I'm silly. But not stupid, because nobody thinks I'm stupid, and I don't mind that they think I'm silly, since it saves me from having to explain why I was distracted. I still remember the day when you passed by on a Sunday in a light blue suit. It wasn't light blue, but it was much lighter than the dark blue that a suit made of serge usually is. You looked like the day itself, which was beautiful, and I've never envied anybody else as much as on that day. But I didn't envy your girlfriend, if she's the one you were on your way to see, and not some other girl, because I was thinking only about you, and that's why I envied everybody, which doesn't make sense, but that's how it was. It's not because I'm hunchbacked that I'm always sitting by the window, but because I also have a kind of arthritis in my legs that prevents me from moving, so that I'm practically a cripple, which makes me an awful nuisance for everyone who lives here. You can't imagine what it's like to know that everyone puts up with you just because they have to, and sometimes it gets me so depressed I could almost jump out the window. But think of what kind of a sight that would make. Even those who saw me jump would laugh, and the windows so low that I wouldn't even die, so that I'd be even more of a nuisance to others. 
and I can just see myself flailing on the street like a monkey, with my legs in the air and my hunchback poking out of my blouse, and everyone wanting to pity me, but also feeling repulsed, or maybe even laughing, because people are how they are and not how they want to be. You go back and forth and have no idea how awful it feels to be absolutely nobody. All day long I sit at the window and see people go back and forth, fast and slow, talking to this person or that person, enjoying life. And I'm like a flower-pot with a withered plant, forgotten in the window, waiting to be taken away. You can't imagine, because you're handsome and healthy, what it's like to be born but not exist and to read in the newspapers what people do. And some are ministers who go back and forth to this country and that country. Others are in high society and marry, go to baptisms, get sick and are all operated on by the same doctors. Others have houses here, houses there. Others steal and others bring charges and some commit terrible crimes, and there are articles and pictures and advertisements with the names of the people who go abroad to buy the latest fashions, and you can't imagine what all this is like for someone who's like a rag that got left on the recently painted window sill, where it was used to wipe the round marks left by flower pots from when they got watered. If you realised all this, then maybe you would occasionally wave at me. And I wish it were possible to ask you to do just that, because you don't realise. It probably wouldn't make me live my life any longer, and I don't have much longer to live. But I'd go more happily to where we're all going, if I knew that you sometimes waved at me. Margarida, the seamstress, told me that she once talked to you and that she laid into you because you made a pass at her on the next street over. And for once I did feel envious. I admit it. I won't lie. I felt envious because when someone makes a pass at us, it means we're women. And I'm neither a woman nor a man, because nobody thinks I'm anything but a creature that fills up the space in this window and is an eyesore to everyone around. God help me, Antonio. His name's the same as yours, but how different. Antonio the car mechanic once told my father that people who don't produce anything have no right to live, that those who don't work shouldn't eat, and that no one's entitled not to work. And I thought about what I do in the world, about how I do nothing but look out the window at all the people who aren't crippled, and who go back and forth, meeting up with the people they like, and then naturally producing whatever's needed, because it gives them pleasure to do that. Goodbye, Senor Antonio. My days are numbered, and I'm only writing this letter to hold it against my chest as if you'd written it to me instead of me to you. I wish you all the happiness I am able to wish, and I hope you never find out about me so as not to laugh, for I know I can't hope for more. I love you with all my heart and life. There, I've said it, and I'm crying. Maria Jose